This is Melanie Ake. Today on Everyday Leaders, you'll meet Jeff Patterson, a military-trained expert on awareness mindset. And he inspires us to take action in our lives to protect ourselves and those we love. Protective thinking is a process that Jeff will teach us how to achieve. There are many people to thank for the visibility of the Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 new Airstream mobile podcast studio. Christie's Design and Sign, located in Greenwood, Indiana, is one of the companies. We chose to include Christie to help us create the right messaging and visibility for our new mobile studio. Christie's Design and Sign can help you with your graphic and messaging needs for many projects. If you want a company that goes above and beyond for your business needs, choose Christie's Design and Sign. I'm really excited to share what's happening at Everyday Leaders. Go to everydayleaders.com. Subscribe to my website where you can learn strategies to become a leader in your own life. On the everydayleaders.com podcast page, you can connect to the guests of the 2019 Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 Leadership Summit and listen to your favorite episodes of the Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 podcast. Now, if you're ready to take the next step and become a leader in your own life, go to my Everyday Leaders store, select the Life Strategies courses, corporate strategy workshops, or even personal coaching. Go to everydayleaders.com, subscribe, and keep up to date on all of our programs and valuable leadership lessons. Welcome to Everyday Leaders 50 and 50, my friend from Greenwood High School that's a police officer and owner of Protective Thinking. Welcome, Jeff Patterson. Thank you very much. How are you? I am great. I am so glad that we reconnected after all these years and come to find out we're really in the same circles on the south side of Indy. So <laughs> it was yeah, awesome. Yeah, we the same dust for sure. It was awesome. And I love what you're doing. And I ask you... Please come on and share with my audience all the things that we need to be aware of, that we need to know that you are more the expert than anybody, I think, uh, that I that I have grown up with. And you're really all about mindset training, and I love this. So It really is. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for coming on and, and really giving it to us this morning and this afternoon. Yeah, that's fine. That's and, fine. You know what? Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Mindset, really, I tell you. Everything I teach, it's mindset. It's first. It's almost like AA. You know, you have to admit there's a problem before you can, <laughs> before you can start working on it. And in this case, once people can admit that they're not, they're not as aware as they think, then you know that's that's my hope is just to get people to to be aware, and then I can give them tips on how to improve it. That's the whole thing. Well, you know, part of it is when someone isn't aware, we talk about this all the time, when you're not aware of things that can be harmful to you, 
you know, lead me through the process and how you bring someone in through your training, where you start them and then, and then kind of, you know, some little tips on how you make them Mm -hmm. more, more aware. You know, what's funny is, and I've even done this to people on the phone, um, I start the class when I teach with a little, not a little test, but a little eye opener. And I talk about how 90% of our day goes by. We don't have a deliberate thought. And then people think, well, I think all the time, what are you, what are you talking about? And I explain that a deliberate thought is a dedicated thought that you spend time on, you know, like a task or a math equation, and you're focused on it. And according to studies, 90% of our day goes by. We don't have one of those. And then I go from there to say half of our, 50%, half of our day is spent and we don't have, uh, we're not focused on the task at hand or the environment. Mm-hmm. And people are like, whoa, 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 hang on a second. And, and this is funny because when bosses are in the, when, when I'm working with businesses and there's bosses in the way in, in the room, I tell them to plug their ears when I say, <laughs> think about whatever your job is. Whatever your job is, according to studies, uh, half of your day goes by, you're not focused on it. And I ask him, how many breaks do you take? You know, how many times do you go to the restroom? If you're in a high rise, they don't allow smoking. How many times do you, you know, go outside to smoke? Or how many conversations do you have that, you know, doesn't have anything to do with your work? And then they start, you know, thinking, wow, that's the truth. You know, as your bosses, you can uh, unplug your ears, you know. But it's not, it's for everybody. We just don't focus on the task at hand. And then uh, half of the days, you know, you don't pay attention to the environment. And a perfect example I give for that is a road by my house was under construction for a long time. And one day my wife and I were driving down the road and they had, they had completed it. And she said, wow, the, the road's not bumpy anymore. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's not. <laughs> well, it's been bumpy the whole time. And when it was fixed, I didn't pay attention mm-hmm. probably because I was texting or something. So, <laughs> but, but I'm not driving. So, so 90% of your day goes by. You don't have a, a deliberate thought. Half of your day goes by. You're not focused on the task at hand or the environment. And this is something you can do right now. I, I think when we had lunch, maybe, we even you even did this, but people listening in, they can do this right now. Mm-hmm. Just stare at something. It doesn't matter what it is. Just pick something and stare at it. And while you're looking at it, you only see clearly the size of a thumb. Everything else is blurry. So 90% of our day goes by. We don't have a deliberate thought. Half of our day goes by. We're not focused on the task at hand or the environment. Whatever you are looking at, you only see clearly the size of a thumb, but yet we think we're aware and we don't even see things really. Mm-hmm. And when you start putting things like that, it's a, it's neat to watch people, the, the expression on their face when you go to that little skit and they're like, Whoa, mm-hmm. and that's true. So you just, you know, you just give them ideas and tell them thoughts on really, you guys, you are as aware as the next person, but the next person isn't very, <laughs> they're not very aware either. You know, it's harmful though. If you're not paying attention to the things that are going on around you, you miss out on so much, right? It's the little, it's it's the nuances and it's yeah. being able to pick up on things that you can be protective for your own environment. And I know you taught some self-defense training and, and things. And so it's really important because how, how can we, um, I guess, step into if, if we are practicing these things, right? If we're learning the well, strategies yeah. to do it. Uh, well, I tell you, I had a meeting today. 
a meeting today with some people and we were talking about it and you have to understand it's not your fault. Your brain, your brain isn't programmed to be aware of things. And tell me, tell me what you think about this. I've come up with about five things that the average person does. And uh, so they get, they get up and they get ready for work or school or something. And then they go to Starbucks or Speedway. <laughs> you, know, you know what that's about, getting <laughs> coffee. And then you go to work, you know, and if you really want to throw someone a wrench in someone's day, ask them where they want to go to lunch. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's a discussion for an hour. But then you go home and maybe you go to Johnny's soccer game or, or the grocery store. But that's it. And the thing is, your brain only gives you information you need to get through your average day. Here's an example. Right now, Melanie, have you realized you have not been shot at? <laughs> have you realized that? Or did you go, well, yeah, now that you say well, it. Yeah, now that you say that, you're but, right. <laughs> but think about this. If you're in a war zone, you're patrolling in a war zone, and every day, guess what happens? You get shot at. Well, today, you haven't been shot at, and you realize that because your brain is tuned into that environment. Mm -hmm. And so the reason why we aren't aware, it's because not that we don't know what to look for, it's the fact that we don't look. Mm -hmm. We don't look. 93% mm -hmm. of active shooters, there were signs. Well, if there were signs, why weren't they reported? Well, because nobody saw them. Why didn't they see them? Because they weren't looking. Mm -hmm. We're not trained to look. And then what are we looking for? <laughs> you know? How many times have you said to someone, hey, be aware, or how many times has someone told you, be aware, but okay, I will. Well, I don't really know how to be aware. Right. Well, be because, well, because the thing is, when, when something happens, you know, for you, so when, when you think about, you know, protecting your mind and protecting your environment, so many of those things that you're involved in, those are, mm -hmm. those are things that are on the news, right? Those are things that right. become important because, um, they weren't, they weren't something that was characteristic of that, that environment. And so that right. happens, it occurs. And now everybody has, has to put an alarm up, right. And everybody's got to respond to it. And so it's really difficult and, and thinking about, you know, how we become more successful in, in our own environments, that can be difficult because we've got a lot of distractions. We've got our, our cell phones, like you said, texting <laughs> and everything's going mm -hmm. on. And then the computers, right? When we're at work, we're always like getting email or we're checking or we're having meetings. And so for something to come in our world that's different, that we right. don't expect it to, but we don't pay attention to it, that's, that's then, where it's harmful. And then when it happens, because, think about this, wherever you are right now, Imagine some crazy person come running in the room. You go, oh, my gosh, you know, it could happen. But the brain has a tendency of wanting things to be normal. So when we are confronted with something that's, that's not normal, we go, we ask ourselves, what's, what's going on? Mm -hmm. Well, you know what's coming on. Someone's running in the room trying to get you. But your brain goes into uh, denial. And then there's three, there's three phases. There's denial phase. It's called normalcy bias. The denial phase, the deliberation phase, once we finally figure out that something's going on, what are we going to do? We don't have a plan because it's never happened before, mm -hmm. right? And then once we decide what we're going to do, we have to do it. And sometimes that takes time if you haven't already come up with a plan. 
And, well, how do you come up with a plan with something you, you don't know what's going to happen? Right. You know? Right. And here's the, I'll tell you, here's the answer. You don't have to. Someone once said, Jeff, you must go home exhausted. And I said, why do, I, why do I go home exhausted? And they say, you're looking for this stuff all the time. And I said, no, I'm not. I just see it mm-hmm. because it's become a habit. And once it becomes a habit, you don't have to look anymore. Mm-hmm. You see it automatically. Mm-hmm. And what people are looking for, think about this. Wherever you are right now with uh, with the situational awareness mindset, we're walking around the area. What are we looking for? You know, scary things, things are going to get us, you know, threats. If that's what we're looking for, we're looking for the wrong stuff. Our brain has been programmed wrong. This is what we look for. We look for normal. (laughs) We walk in the room and we say, okay, what's normal? Everything in here looks normal. If something stands out and it's abnormal, we will automatically see it. Mm -hmm. But we, isn't that, it's, it's a different concept. You walk in the room, you look for normal. And then guess what? Once the door shuts, you don't have to look anymore because you know you, what you have you've done is you've established the baseline, and that's why you don't have to be you, you don't you don't go home stressed because once you've established the baseline and everything's cool, everything's normal, you're fine until something happens, mm-hmm. like somebody walks in the door or you hear a gunshot or something like that. But it's really not as hard as you think once you develop the habit. You know, when you were talking about that, it makes me think of the art museum. You know, so many people say art relaxes you because it looks different, right? It puts you in a different mindset. It's it's something that stretches your mind. It makes you mm-hmm. kind of think differently. And it's not normal. You're not walking into just a room with chairs and tables. And so it really, it puts you into that framework of feeling stretched, feeling like if you can connect to something that isn't in your daily routine, that it's going to help you focus, right, in a different way. And and I think that's, that's what your training really offers to people is, even though it may be physically, you know, physical protection in some Mm -hmm. sense, but it's this mindset that if you can become conditioned for the things that you need to prepare for, you can really protect your work environment, your family, um, you know, every part of your life better. It's true. A person once take a person who grew up where we grew up and, and, you know, on the South side of Indianapolis where it wasn't that tough. You take that person and if you can just convince them that, hey, guess what? It could happen. Something bad could happen because so many people, because nothing bad has ever happened in their life, they, they don't think it will. And here's, a, here's an example I've been using lately. If I'm teaching you in a class and I say, hey, how many of you are expecting to have a flat tire on your way home? Well, nobody's expecting it, but guess what? It could happen, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and because it could happen. I call this concept of three P's. Make peace with the fact something can happen. It probably won't, but it might. In this case, you have a flat tire. Because you know you could have a flat tire. Well, you have a plan to deal with it. That's the second P. What's the plan? Well, maybe I know how to change a tire, right? Or maybe in my phone of contacts, I have someone I can call that can help me. They can come save me. Or maybe it's a tow truck. And the actual, so you you make peace with it, you have a plan, and then you practice the plan. Now, you don't have to practice, um, 
you know, pulling over on the side of the road, but maybe you practice uh, changing your tire, you know? Mm -hmm. So those are the three pieces. But the first one is you have to make peace with the fact that something can happen. Mm -hmm. And here's the fourth one, prepared. (laughs) Right. I'm stealing it. I'm stealing that. (laughs) That which is well said is mine. (laughs) Well, I think about this all the time. You know, if you really did something, and I think about this maybe as a female, so women out there, I don't mean to knock us, but you know, we're not used to doing things if we were on the road and we had a flat Mm -hmm. tire. And so we would try to call AAA or if our phone was working, you know, but it wouldn't be our first priority to get out and change that tire. We wouldn't. You know what? But that's okay. You know, that's okay. Here's what I tell people to do. Make a list of the top two things that can go wrong wherever you are. Mm-hmm. There's a million things that can go wrong, but you can't have a plan for everything, but have a plan for the top two. So, and let's pick females because it's, you know, when I teach self-defense classes, guess who the primary person in my class? It's not a man because men are tough and they don't need it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's women. And so if, if a woman is traveling from point A to point B, where are the top two things that can happen? Well, number one is her car breaking down, you know, mm-hmm. and that's okay. If a car breaks down, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. See, we right now you and I are working through a, a real world, a legitimate issue that not only women but men can have. So going from here to there, what can happen? Car can break down. Okay, right now, Melanie, let's come up with a plan. What can we do? Mm-hmm. Well, we can fix it. A guy is going to probably get out and try to fix it because mm-hmm. that's what guys do. And a woman, maybe. They're going to call. They're going to call someone and say, hey, my car's broke down. Can you, can, can you come get me? So what you and I have just done is we've just identified a, probably the number one problem that can happen to us when we're traveling. And we've also, we just came up with a solution for that problem. We just did that in, in five minutes. Mm-hmm. But the problem is people don't anticipate that. And when I talk about ways to improve your awareness, one of the tips, learn to predict events. Mm-hmm. You know, and geez, that's a pretty legitimate event that could happen. Mm-hmm. But people just don't give it a thought. Mm-hmm. Well, and then they get scared because, you know, I, I do so much leadership training. And, and I laugh because so many of these principles you think about, it's things that you make decisions on in your life. If you're not prepared, <laughs> if mm-hmm. you don't have mm-hmm. peace with it, if you don't plan for it, if you don't make a plan to do something different, um, and, and then, you know, think into it it brings a lot of fear on because, oh my gosh, what if something would happen and I wouldn't know what to do, right? That's what you really help people through. It's true. And here's the thing, and a lot of, especially when it comes to self-defense, you know, there are some people who will get so scared that they'll freeze. You've heard of the fight or flight mechanism. Mm -hmm. Well, there's fight, flight, or freeze. And I've been around people who have just frozen and it's, they're frozen from the hormonal induced stress. It's not like they're meaning to be. They, they they would run if they could, but they just can't. And imagine this. If you have prepared for a situation, uh, you're at work and someone's running in or there's an active shooter, if you make peace with the fact that it can happen, it's almost like you're building up a little inoculation, a mental inoculation to it, you know, because you're thinking about it. Not all the time, but you know. Mm-hmm. And because you have made peace with it, you know, okay, if this happens while I'm here, I want to do this. You don't even have to think about it. You just automatically do it. Mm-hmm. Fear isn't really a factor. 
But because people get scared, sometimes they do bury their heads in the sand just to avoid it. And that's not the answer. Mm -hmm. But that's their own, you know, that's their own process of saying, okay, if, if, because they're conditioned, right. They're conditioning themselves for, um, if you look at that though, it's probably the way that they react to other things in life that come at them that are unfamiliar. Right. And so when, when we say maybe a, a tragic event or a difficult event or their car breaks down, but those types of situations, those build the kind of the, the thinking process. Um, and so when you say protective thinking, it's like protective thinking for your life. And right. if they can, those people that have those fears automatically, you know, being able to kind of step through that process and learn those and have those disciplines to say everything that I do and I approach through my day, if mm-hmm. I think of it in these steps, everything will be a little smoother, a little easier, a little more digestible, right? <laughs> Not as scary. Well, yeah, because you've dealt with it before. You've already dealt with it. You know, I talk about, especially in my self-defense class, I talk about people who do freeze or people. An example I use, I developed an, uh, an Amber Alert class years ago. Mm-hmm. And as you can imagine, some of those stories are not good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was a time before us where men could go into the hospitals and pick up the newborn babies. And now you need a presidential pardon or presidential citation blessed by the Pope. You need a lot of things just to pick up your own baby. And the reason is people were stealing babies from the hospital. Mm -hmm. And now what will happen is predators, they know all the, the trouble they have to go to to get a baby from the hospital. So they're taking babies from the mothers, the new mothers at home, Mm. knowing that's going to be a violent encounter. Because think about this. It doesn't matter how passive you are as a mother. No mother is going to sit there and let somebody take their baby. Mm -hmm. And why? Because that baby means more to that mother than her own self. Mm -hmm. And I talk about, you know, forget about the fact maybe you're too afraid to defend yourself. What about a loved one? What about a child or, or an elderly parent? And I'm going to tell you this, people that – have you ever met someone or you know of someone, they don't have a family, but they have a dog, mm-hmm. you know, and they'll do everything for that dog. And studies have shown that people who have, like, survived at sea for days or maybe they're in the snow and, you know, they've crashed and broke their leg, one thing they all have is something greater than themselves to get home to. Mm-hmm. And so one thing I teach to get through that fear is forget about you. Now you're defending something that you think is greater than yourself. And that motivates people. Mm-hmm. It really does. Man, that's a great lesson because so many times, you know, as, as leadership coaches, we say you have to start with you and bringing value to yourself to then add value to others. So if you don't know these statistics, if you don't know how to, implement some of these things in your life, you can't help anybody else. So you can't help your child. You can't help your dog. You can't even think about what would Mm -hmm. I want to do if I survive this. Right. And so people that may have gone through something really scary may felt like they were isolated or by themselves and not being able to figure it out. And they do freeze. And, and so what are your suggestions or your strategies or your ideas for people that may, um, not feel like they have support in going through something really difficult? 
when you say they don't have support, what do you mean? You know, maybe because a lot of times this mindset thing, it comes at you. And I ask this just because some of um, the people that I have coached in the past have, have feel this isolation, you know, and right. when you say, when you get into a fearful moment or, um, and, and you don't, you don't recognize that there are people that can help you or support you or you can talk to, to get through uh-huh. it, you know? So when you're, yeah. yeah, when you're training people on mindset, like that's, I think that's a big thing to just recognize, you know, that it's, it's, uh, it's difficult for right. some people. I tell you, let's go, let's talk about before it happens and after it happens. Yeah. So, you know, there are community meetings, there are, um, Groups that maybe you have a, a neighborhood associations, maybe you have um, a group that patrols the neighborhood. You've, there's always, there's oftentimes a group that you can reach out to that not only do they have the neighborhood's safety in mind, but you know, they always, maybe they have information on uh, bus routes for your kids or snow removal for the wintertime. You know, so you can reach out. I know here where I live, they have chat. Um, like you can go to Facebook and social media and they have chat rooms or Perry chat for, for where I live and all the information's out there. Mm-hmm. A lot of drama, but there's a lot of information too. And then after the fact, I tell you, I have been surprised with women that I don't even know. I've taught self-defense and they have come up, I've made this connection with them and they say, and I don't know them. And they said, Jeff, I'm a survivor. Mm-hmm. You know, I've survived this attack and I haven't even told my mom that it happened. And I'm like, holy cow, what did I do? What did I say to connect with these people? Mm-hmm. And after the, after the fact, there's all, there's all sorts of counseling that you can go to. And, when, and, and it's okay. People need to realize it's okay to look for help. Mm-hmm. You know, before, before it happens, you know, look for neighborhood associations and neighborhood meetings or PTA even. Um, school with your kids, you know, a lot of information with um, not only school activities, but hey, you know, kids have been reporting this bus or this car around the bus stops. So there's some information before and again, support groups afterwards. Just don't be afraid to look for it. Mm -hmm. That's so important for people to understand because, you know, as you're talking through this, the whole time I'm writing notes about Hey, what if I didn't experience anything like this yet? You know, but you, the, the statistic is you're going to, right? <laughs> you're going to have something happen that's not in your control that you can, you may be fearful of, and you may mm-hmm. need to understand what would you do if. And so I think right. maybe writing the list down, right? For people that are listening to this, get a journal out or get your book out and write down those things that might be really scary if those things happen to you. What would you do? How would you plan for it? Do you have phone numbers of the most important people in your life if you don't even have your phone, right? How would you call them? (laughs) That's the thing I always think about is if I don't have my phone, would I know even my first top five friends' phone numbers? I don't know. I don't know. How about I know, especially now because you just hit the – and listen to this. Think about this. If you're relying on hitting this button to turn my phone on and this button to find my friends – that's a that's a, a motor skill that you may not have mm-hmm. when you're scared. Mm-hmm. So how about this? Siri, call mom. Or, you know, have that voice command. Or what about this? The neighbors across the street, do you know them? And do they know that if something happens bad in my house, I'm going to come to your house? Do they know that? Because that's the plan. 
I've said that before. And you know what? It doesn't even have to be scary like a burglar. What if I smell gas in my house? You know, oh, I'm going to run to my neighbor's house and they know I'm going to come. So that's a plan, too, that people, I don't know if they think about it or maybe they don't know their neighbors or maybe people just don't do that these days. But I'm telling you, I teach that all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, not only to call someone, but your next door neighbor, tell them, hey, look, is it okay if something bad happens, I come to your house? They're your neighbor. Mm -hmm. Well, that's so good, though, because you're giving people instruction now. Because here's the thing. If you aren't prepared, right, and this sounds Mm -hmm. so simple, but it's not because if you close your eyes and you think, if I had, if I was home by myself and something happened, what would I do? Now, if you think through right. that, right, if you're thinking through that and you've walked through it before, it's just kind of like these disaster relief plans that, you know, they that everybody started running in communities after 9-11, you know, because mm-hmm. it's, it's, it is, it's making you aware. But those simple things that you go through in your life, if you can do that and just make a list, right, even writing it down in a, in a pad of paper to say, you know, what would be the consequences and what would be the worst thing that would happen and who could I reach out to? I think that's And revisit that list. You know, don't just write it one time and just write it, revisit it once a month. Mm -hmm. You know, just don't let it sit there. Uh, Have an idea. You want to have that stuff in your memory and you've, by revisiting the list, you're practicing it. So maybe, you know, something happens. What have I done in the past? Oh, I've walked to my refrigerator where the where it's on my um, freezer with a magnet and I've called, you know, you practice that and you revisit it. Mm-hmm. That's the practice part of it. Well, and I think about, you know, these neighborhoods that we live in and and so not knowing maybe all of your neighbors because yeah. everybody's busy, right? But maybe there are people that aren't able to get out of the house. Maybe they're older. Maybe they've had an accident. Maybe they've had surgery. Uh, mm-hmm. To be aware of people in your neighborhood, too, that could or may need your help. And I think that's a big one for when you say mindset training, being aware of who's around you that also, you know, you would be able to reach out to and help. That's so important. That's a good idea. I um it's funny that you mentioned that um, when I talk about in my, in my verbal class, my ver- verbal de-escalation class, you know, I talk about not only um, helping yourself, but in this case, that's part of the awareness and the verbal de-escalation because I know that Mrs. Jones uh, is by herself or maybe, you know, they're like you said, they're elderly. And I have to acknowledge people's concerns and get rid of my ego and that's going to make me want to help people. Mm-hmm. And, and when you reach out to your neighbors and for whatever reason, or maybe I'm the one that's going to have surgery, you know, and I'm going to need, or maybe I'm going on vacation and I want my neighbors to watch my house. Mm-hmm. But I tell you, I go to my neighbor, and, and if you live there a while, even if you don't see them because you, you, your work schedules don't jive, the times you do see them, wave to them. Mm-hmm. Even if you're, maybe you're going to the, the uh, mailbox at the same time, use that just a couple minutes to say, "Hey, I'm Jeff." You know, "Hey, I'm Melanie." I just we're neighbors, and I, we haven't seen each other, and I just want to introduce myself, and that goes a long way. And at least. Let's say they don't know anybody else in the neighborhood. They know me, mm-hmm. and I know you. You know, I've introduced myself. Mm-hmm. And it's that simple 
community yep. connection that, that, you know, not that I'm saying that we've lost that, but sometimes I think we're just so overscheduled. Our families are so yeah. overscheduled or we may come in or leave at different times than our neighbors. And so I, I think this whole, um, <laughs> you know, when I said, oh, my gosh, I want to have you on the podcast, because I think having people just challenge themselves to think differently, to make a plan for themselves to say, okay, if I am with my family and we're having a game night or it's pizza night, you know, start to talk about these things together and say, what well, what would if, right? Maybe it's a, a new game that they play with each other. Uh, what, yeah. what would we do? And we strategize if something strategic would happen and we had a fire or, or whatever that scenario looks like. Um, I've just given you an idea for a game. <laughs> See, well, and the way you you're saying game. that is cool because it, no, it's serious. Someone once said, and I say, I don't teach my kids. I just talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. And so what you're saying is brilliant. Maybe I don't sit them down to teach them because kids don't want to learn. They don't want to learn from their parents, you know, but if, if you're playing a game and, Every game night, you talk about things. You know, you just bring it up in conversation. Mm-hmm. Listen, they're hearing it. They don't know they're learning it, but they are. It's reinforcing it for yourself because you're saying it. So, you know, as long as it's being said, you know, whether it be, you know, hiding under the bed or running across the street or jumping out the window, as long as you're talking about it all the time, kids particularly, they'll hear it. They'll remember it, and you'll remember it because you're talking about it all mm-hmm. the time. Well, and it gives the family that sense of confidence, right? So if you're doing it as a family, now you yeah. understand each other. So if you're on a trip or before you leave for a trip, like what would we do if, right? And and maybe the kids then feel that more more of that empowerment um, that they're coming up with ideas and strategies. And so I think what you do is so important for everyone. I appreciate that. You know, since my daughter's gone to college and they see other kids, you know, as a parent, you always hope that your kids get it. (laughs) You hope that they are listening. And more so, I have daughters, so they talk to mom about intimate things more than dad. But it's, it's really neat sometimes when they come back and they say, hey, mom, particularly, you know, now I know why you want me to clean my room all the time. Because my roommate's a slob, you know, or, or dad, I know now you're talking about that all the time. Well, I was scared to death coming back from class at nine o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. So they hear it and now they're able to use it just because, uh, not because they've been listening, but they've been hearing, if you know what I mean, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But it, it it does give them, it does empower them with information more so than many of their friends. And when they, that's the neat part, when they know, when they realize, oh, I know more than my friends <laughs> about awareness, or I'm leading the charge, you know, when something's happening, I'm, I'm directing him, you know, or mm-hmm. I'm the one that's picking him up when they're drunk at college or, you know, mm-hmm. not that that happens, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> But when they find themselves being the leader, simply because they're a little bit ahead of the game because they heard this stuff over and over and over again, it does make them feel good. Mm-hmm. It sure does. Yeah. Man, you're, you're awesome. I, I just absolutely adore you. I love the things that you're doing and have for years. And, and so being able to reconnect and share this um, with everyone, I think, is going to be so valuable, especially here we come into the holidays in 2019, yeah. we're getting ready for, you know, 2020 and everybody says, get a clear vision, right? Get a clear vision of how to be 
aware of your life for the next decade. So <laughs> I want you to That's tell true. everybody before <laughs> we leave, um, what's your vision for 2020 <laughs> for you? Yeah. And, and then how can we connect to you? How can people reach out to you if they want you to come in and do a training at their company? Um, what's the best way to contact you? Well, let's talk about the vision first, because yeah. I think that's more important. Yeah, I do too. Um, well, I've always had a goal of reaching as many people as I can. And, you know, I've wanted to write books and didn't have the resources for that. But one thing, I, a couple things I can do that I think it would be easy if I had the resources. One, I would like to give free citywide classes. Now, you can see where the, the logistics that come into play that I don't have. You know, you'd have to have a, somebody support you with the, the venue. You have to have um, media to get people in. But I've, I've been with people who have been able to accomplish it in the past. And, of course, here in Indianapolis, you know, we have Bankers Life. That's where the uh, what Pacers play. And is that what it's called now? It changes every five minutes, it seems. <laughs> I but, think um, it is. Yeah, but I I gave two citywide free self-defense classes for there, so I know there are ways to do it. And then another goal I have is I want to get voiceovers for some of my classes So because I, unfortunately, I only speak English, but I've had interpreters in my classes. And imagine if we can get two of the main languages in whatever area – just to voice over uh, one of my classes, you know, I mean, it's a win-win for everybody, I think. So those are a couple goals I have. Mm -hmm. And um, as far as how to reach me, I had a website and I'm a, it's a small business. It didn't make it, money. Unfortunately, wasn't the main issue. Therefore I didn't make a lot of it. And a lot of people didn't really uh, know the website was there. So I have, um, I just have protective thinking at yahoo.com as an email and normally what people will do is they'll reach out to me, reference emails, and I'll send them course descriptions. I have cookie-cutter classes of active shooter, um, awareness, verbal de-escalation, and self-defense classes. But then also I can take the same classes and edit them for specific companies if they need it. And so I'm lecturing to the DEA, the Drug Enforcement Agency, as a matter of fact, in February on the awareness program. Well, I'll take that and edit the program for the DEA because what a mother needs <laughs> is different than what the Indiana Drug Enforcement Agency needs. Mm -hmm. So I have those four classes. And like I said, people just they email me and uh, I, we set the ball. We get the ball going like that. Well, it's pretty cool. Now, I challenged you for 2020 because... I am a huge Breaking Bad fan. And when we I had know, lunch, you said DEA. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And you said, no, I haven't ever watched it. And I'm like, oh, okay, you, totally you live it. And then I forgot. You live I it. Forgot. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> so I'm going to challenge Listen you for to me. 2020. I'm seriously going to watch an episode tonight. <laughs> I'm not kidding. And then I'll give you a report. Okay. I want you to do that. And I, everybody, that's one of the most, I don't I don't know, I just think it's brilliant, uh, Vince Gilligan's writing. But uh, when, I, when we met for lunch I was like oh I can't wait to ask you about what your thoughts are and that and you were like I haven't seen it <laughs> so but, but it's the real life right it's the real life how you can how you can really help um make people think differently so that they can protect their lives and their future and their families so Jeff you're awesome I really really oh, appreciate that. you this has been so much fun and well thanks for giving me this 
this pulpit. You know, I really, I don't, I don't have it oftentimes. And just with what we said, if it helps anybody, man, even if we don't know, we've done our job. Yep. So I appreciate and all the stuff you do. I appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. Well, maybe, you know, who knows? I get all kinds of emails and texts all the time after shows. So this, uh, the citywide classes, we've got a lot of contacts out there for Indianapolis. If we could put something together for self-defense classes and then voiceovers. I mean, my goodness, we've got so many people that um, that do this for books and audio and things. So maybe we can get you to connect it to some of your dreams for 2020. It's a win-win. Yep. It really is. That's awesome. Well, Jeff, thank you very much for joining us tonight. Have a great night. And everybody, protective thinking, protect your life and with Jeff Patterson. Thanks so much for being on the program tonight. Thanks so much for having me. Hi, I'm Melanie Ake with Everyday Leaders. I wanted to invite you to join my leadership class. It's Life Strategies 101, where I'm going to take you through the everyday 15 laws of growth. It's an amazing journey. It's 15 weeks with me as your personal coach. Join me, everydayleaders.com, and sign up today.